Welcome to the Pelham Podcast. I'm your host, Wendy McGowan-Ellis, featuring Angelia Pelham, candidate for Frisco City Council Place 3. And this is your home to hear from a strong, strategic, and successful leader. Angelia, welcome. Hi, Wendy. I'm excited to be here today and looking forward to talking with you about some great topics that uh, impact our Frisco residents. Absolutely. I think this one is probably the one that people talk about the most, traffic and density. So we're going (laughs) to dive into this one today. So Angelia, the city estimates as of right now that our definition of population build out, if you will, in 2030 will be approximately 305,000 residents. That's about 50% greater than today's population. So what changes do you see in our quality of life due to this kind of growth? Yeah, that's a that's a very real um, reality. And I think that, you know, whatever that build out number is and, you know, that number kind of flexes depending on who you talk to. Right. So but whatever that number turns out to be, I think that there are, are a number of areas that we need to be strategically thinking and planning for today to ensure that, you know, we maintain the kind of quality of life that we all um, love um, and expect here in Frisco. And I think one of those big ones that most people think about when you think about um, increasing our population um, to that level, kind of the big two is public safety and traffic and density. Um, And so let's, let's start with public safety, for example. When you increase the population, uh, over 50%, um, the way that you just talked about, you know, inevitably you want to ensure that, you know, we have sufficient, uh, police officers and fire, um, uh, personnel, um, that can take care of the city and maintain, um, the safety that we have all come to know and love in Frisco. Um, many folks know that, you know, we've been named one of the top safest cities in the country, Uh, by a number of different publications. And that's a part of what attracts people to our city. We feel safe in our city. We feel safe in our homes. And our crime rate um, has gone down according to our uniform crime report. And so, you know, we want to maintain that. But inevitably, when you bring in larger groups of people, you will have increased issues with with public safety. And so I think ensuring that we are planning uh, not only for the headcount growth that needs to be maintained, but also the technology that needs to be um, embedded in our safety strategy, as well as uh, ensuring that our officers continue to get the most updated training. Um, One of the things that I'm excited about here in Frisco is like the the police uh, SUVs are equipped um, like many police stations. I mean, the technology and the cameras that we have, you know, that's all very uh, expensive, but it's all very needed uh, in order to ensure that our city feels safe. So I think safety is first and foremost. We want to ensure that as we grow, we're planning uh, to ensure that we are allocating the appropriate dollars towards uh, headcount and training and technology to keep our city safe. The same with fire, you know, we are uh, embarking on high rises, if you will. Uh, And so, you know, do we have the right um, trucks and ladders and equipment uh, and technology to uh, be able to ensure that our buildings are safe as we grow 
up as opposed to out in terms of the building structure. So again, I think, you know, planning for that and knowing um, what our ratios are with, when it comes to the number of police or fire personnel to the number of residents and ensuring that we maintain um, high ratios uh, are gonna be paramount to our long-term strategy. So that one is first and foremost at the top of my list as, as we approach build out and increase the number of residents. The second one is traffic and density. As we all know, um, you know, you feel it when you get out on the roads. Um, it's a little different now uh, in the morning for rush hour because I think we have um, COVID traffic uh, because corporations are allowing for more remote work. Um, and so that's kind of easing some of the traffic burden, but that probably won't always be the case. I have a number of clients who um, are starting to trickle um, their employee workforce back into the corporate um, setting. And so I, I get the sense that um, corporations won't always have um, the amount of work from home opportunities as they have now or in the past during COVID. And so we're gonna be experiencing um, traffic in those uh, clusters along kind of the central spine of the city, uh, our Dallas North Tollway. And I think that again, it requires us planning now for the future. Um, I, I have this saying that says, prepare for war in times of peace. And what that basically says is, you know, while things are good now um, and, and traffic is not a huge issue as you compare it to some of the other cities that I've been, uh, I've either lived in uh, like Orlando or traffic that other people have uh, shared with me like in California or even in uh, Georgia. Um, but I think this is the time for us to be planning now. And so what I would recommend, and uh, I would imagine we're spending uh, a lot of time on, on doing this, but really ensuring that we have a targeted congestion management plan. Um, and that plan would take into consideration where we have recurring traffic patterns, where there are long-term delays, and then looking for um, large-scale solutions to that. Um, as you think about solutions for traffic, Wendy, People naturally go to expanding the roads or adding lanes, um, but those kinds of investments are very large capital expenditures. And, um, and so certainly I would say that is a part of a long-term strategy where it makes sense at, at some of those highly congested spots along um, our spine and some of the major uh, thoroughfares in the city. But I think looking at some other um, uh, lesser expensive, lesser capital intense suggestions like, you know, um, looking, continuing to invest in urban living, right? When you have urban, urban living locations, people are able to live, work, and play within a walkable or a bikeable distance. And so how do we continue to be very strategic about having those urban living locations where um, potentially that's getting cars off the road because people are actually able to walk to work or bike to work? Um, other things that we've done are, you know, the Audi test, uh, where technology tends to inform drivers. Um, you know, managing something as simple as our traffic lights and the timing of signals have a huge impact on traffic. Um, incident management, ensuring that, you know, when there's an accident that we have a very intense and intentional focus on getting those accidents cleaned up as fast as possible. And then using technology such as ways to alert drivers when there are accidents. These are all things that we have in place today, but continuing to look at some of these uh, type solutions. Um, the other one is you know, continuing to focus on our walkable um, and bikeable trails. 
Uh, we are a trail intensive city. And, and if people can walk or bike to a location as opposed to getting into their vehicles, we want to, to encourage that. And so continuing to invest in those trails, I think are also really important. So those are some of the, um, I think, um, uh, lower um, cost um, initiatives. But when you just think holistically about um, what having more cars on the road means. And again, when you approach build out, you're gonna have more cars on the road, but you think about the downside of that. Again, you're talking uh, fuel efficiency because you're wasting fuel by having more cars on the road. You're wasting time because you're sitting at a stoplight or in traffic, which increases stress as we all probably have experienced. Um, we have air pollution um, in our city. So you have greater greenhouse emissions that take place. Um, and then again, you know, realistically, when you have more cars on the road, the um, propensity uh, for accidents and, and greater loss of life uh, can occur. And so we, we just have to be very mindful of strategies that hopefully take people off the road in cars, um, yet make um, create opportunities for them to get where they want to go through other means. And so I think, again, using technology for that is probably part of some of the short term strategies. But I think longer term, we need to look at what those long term strategies are. So now let's talk living spaces, apartments versus single family dwellings. Um, so what's the current number of completed apartments here in Frisco, including the ones in progress, development, planning, construction, that kind of phase? Yeah. So the last number that I've heard has been around 50,000 that are either on the ground or projected. Um, and I think it's important for the residents to know because I've heard a lot of people um, express concerns about apartments um, in the city. And, and when so you, I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt you real quick, Angelia. When you say 50,000, you mean units, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, um, I, and I think it's important for people to know um, because there, there has been a lot of concern around uh, apartments in the city and um, is our city becoming um, too apartment centric? And uh, the last stat that I heard is that 94% of Frisco is comprised of single family dwellings. So that means that there, we only have about 6% of the dwelling spaces that are multifamily or apartment. So I think that's important. That's an important stat to realize because um, we clearly are not um, becoming uh, apartment centric with those kinds of numbers. Um, but I think that, you know, it, it's important to know that there are kind of two different types of apartments and the, the garden style, which are your, your traditional, where you have these very large parking lots, we have about 19,000 of those either in the works or on the ground. Um, but then we have over 22,000 urban living. And I think that is that is the direction of where the city is going when it comes to apartment growth. And that's all about, again, being able to walk or bike to restaurant, retail, work, all within a walkable or a bikeable distance. And I think, you know, that serves to benefit, again, getting cars off the road. So apartment growth for the sake of apartment growth um, is not a good strategy. But if we're going to grow um, to ensure that, you know, those apartments that are coming on board are ones that are more in that urban living category, I think makes a lot of sense for the city. 
I totally agree. Um, so any final thoughts about your vision for w- when it comes to living and traffic, your vision for high, higher quality of life here in Frisco, even higher than we currently have now? Yeah, I, again, I think that Frisco, we, we have an incredible quality of life here. Um, I, I, you know, as, a, as an executive um, for 31 years, I spent my career um, relocating executives from one place to the other. And, and generally, I was the one who made the offer for an opportunity to be promoted or to transfer to one location from the other. And the big thing that I had to sell an executive on is the city that we were asking him or her to move to. Frisco is probably one of the easiest cities that I've ever had to sell an executive on because when you start talking about the quality of our schools and the entertainment offering that we have and the beauty and the maintenance of our city, of how our city actually looks, um, you know, it's an easy sell for an executive to really kind of sell Frisco to folks who are looking to move here. So I, I think we have an incredible quality of life. I, my counseling, my coaching, and the voice that I would bring to the table as a council person is to keep our eye on the ball, ensure that we're planning now long-term. We have a congestion management plan in place. We have a plan in place that tells us when are we reaching a, a point of diminishing returns when do we need to pull the lever so that we can start to balance out our population growth? Um, those are the kinds of strategic questions that I would want to be asking on the council to ensure that we don't erode our quality of life, because it can go in, um, in, in a direction that we don't want to go into if we don't focus on it. Um, just one example of that, I lived in Orlando for a number of years, and as I mentioned, I worked at the Walt Disney World Company. And there was a lot of excitement about having Walt Disney World and Universal Studios and all of the great entertainment opportunities in that city. Um, But I think that one of the opportunities, um, glaring opportunities for that city is um, we took our eyes off the ball when it came to traffic and congestion and I-4 became a nightmare to navigate. And we also took our eye off the ball when it came to public safety and the, the crime rate has just soared. So those are the watchouts that I would say that we have to strategically be mindful of as a city and make sure that, yes, we're focused on growth, but we're also focused on quality of life. Well, thank you, Angelia, for those thoughts today. I mean, this definitely is an important topic to everyone who lives here in Frisco and uh, those who are planning to move to Frisco in case you're a recent newcomer or about to be a newcomer. So for those of you listening, please share this podcast and visit AngeliaForFrisco.com for all the up-to-date information on Angelia, her platforms and positions to help shape the future of Frisco. Angelia Pelham, thank you again for being with us today. Thank you for having me today, Wendy. I appreciate your partnership and Frisco. Have a great day and be safe out there.